Hello and welcome to the JLD Entertainment Podcast, taking you into the lives of creatives, musicians, athletes, entertainment, industry news and events, along with the people who bring to life the major shows and productions that we all love. Hosted by myself, Jacqueline Lee Elliott, founder and director of JLD Entertainment and Productions. Today's guest is Andrew Downey of Downtown Events, and Downey is an event and sports producer, show caller, who has worked in the industry for many, many years on some really exciting things. And he's with me today. So I hope you enjoy this. Sit back and relax. And I hope you enjoy it. Let's bring him in. Danny, it's so great to have you here today. Thank you so much for jumping on. I know you're super busy, but it's great to be able to talk about all things career with you today. How, how did you get started? Uh, basically, I Got to year 12 at school. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Actually, no, I did. I wanted to play cricket for Australia. That was the only Amazing. thing in my head that I wanted to do growing up. Since I, the moment I could hold a cricket bat, I just wanted to play cricket for Australia. And I probably held on to that expectation for way too long. And um, it probably wasn't until I was 26 till I finally gave that real, that real unrealistic um uh, goal away, but then I still sit sit back and think, maybe how many innings am I away from being able to put on a baggy green at the age of 37? Uh, probably 10, but that's okay. That's neither here nor there. Um, so let's focus in on my career. But no, I got to year 12 at school and had no idea what I wanted to do outside of playing cricket. Um, my parents were like, you know, do you want to go to uni? And I wasn't sure. I didn't think uni was for me. And I remember going to a university open day and there they had... Um, a stall for hospitality and, and in particular, um, it was the, Intercont- the Intercontinental Hotel School. They had this thing, um, where they, you could do, um, hotel management or, um, chefing. I was like, chefing, I like cooking. So I went home and told mum and dad that I was going to be a chef and they definitely were supportive, but also quite, um, shocked with that decision. Um, but as I said, like they've always been super supportive in anything that I've decided to do, um, and and they backed me the whole way. So they 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 helped me out and made sure that I got the best I could in when learning to be a chef. And then I ended up working doing my apprenticeship at the Western Hotel, which I don't think is there anymore, but it's in Martin Place. Mm-hmm. And I was there for my apprenticeship, and I probably halfway through realised chefing's not for me. Long hours, fourteen hour days, standing on my feet, you know. High pressure situation, um, trying not to make mistakes, you know, and the irony that now I work in a high pressure situation, trying not to make mistakes, it's, it's almost identical, except I sit down a lot more than I stand up and run around these days, but almost identical. So yeah, the way that changed was I got halfway through my apprenticeship, decided I didn't want to do this for the rest of my life, but I wanted to finish my, my apprenticeship. I didn't like the moment I got my papers in the next week I resigned and I was out of the kitchen. I've never set foot in another kitchen since. Um, but then I was at these crossroads where it's like, well, what do I actually want to do with my life? I love sport, always have. You know, how do I, how do I work in sport? And my, my dad worked on a lot of international events, uh, more on the broadcast side of things, but from the Sydney Olympics had then went on and worked on, you know, uh, hundreds of international events around the world. I was like, that's a really cool idea, but didn't really have any broadcast knowledge. And I was like, and my dad actually said to me, well, what about events? Like there's, there's events, event companies out there that specialize in this thing called sports presentation. I was like, wow, that sounds interesting. So I reached out to a few people and did some work experience. Um, and then eventually got taken on at, um, one of the bigger events, um, companies in Sydney and worked there for on and off, um, full time by the end, but there for 
10 years and, and really, really enjoyed it. Made some really good friends. People there were, were awesome. Um, worked on some amazing events around the world, like Com Games, Olympic Games, but through to local stuff as well. And I probably got a bit burnt out. I got a bit sick of going overseas mm. um, every second week. And I just met my then girlfriend, now wife, and I could quickly see that that sort of lifestyle of being away every second week or every third week for a long period of time is um, probably not going to mean this relationship's going to last, and I wanted that to last as well. So I decided I needed to change. I was a bit burnt out, and I went and worked for. I thought I have a I stay in events, but I'll I'll just change the scenery, no sport, and I I went and worked for the Maritime Museum for about all of six months. Mm-hmm. Lovely people there as well. Really enjoyed it, but completely different, and it just wasn't for me. And a job came up at the Sydney Swans, and it read really well, and it specifically asked for sports presentation knowledge and experience and I was like oh sweet this is this is this is it so I went and applied for that and got it and I was there for two years and it's some of the best people that I've worked with um, in my career in that time and and still the people there are amazing the organization is just an amazing setup and Mm. probably the pinnacle of all sporting clubs especially in Sydney um, but maybe even Australia the way they set up the way their structure is their lines of communication are amazing and, and I worked there for two years but still had this ambition to to do a bit more than just focusing on 11 AFL Sydney Swans home match days every year um, and I was like I think there's room in the in the local market to be able to offer a service and it sort of went from there I, I, I remember being very ambitious and probably a bit naive and quitting the Swans and telling them in the same breath that I'm starting my own business and I'd love them to be a client. And fortunately enough, they said yes. Um, and I was like, oh, this is super easy. And I thought I could go and get everyone. And I went out there and three years in, I probably had two major clients and I was like, wow, this is a lot harder. And, and it slowly went from there. Now we've probably got five or six major clients and that takes us out throughout the whole, the whole calendar year. So yeah, it, it was it was a uh, an interesting start and definitely not where I thought I would end up, but I'm very happy with the decisions I've made and, and where we've gotten to so far. So yeah, it's 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 good, it's fun, and then taking on those responsibilities of having staff and all those other headaches. But um, it was a it was an interesting beginning, that's for sure. I bet, and it's such a process, and we've talked about this before. And so you founded Downtown Events in 2015. What have been some of the standout games and clients that you've had the opportunity to work on and show call on as well? I mean, I like working with I like all our clients in as much as everyone's different and different sports, um, but the principles remain the same when it comes to a match day and how you approach that. Some standout matches, uh, well, the, the biggest one that stands out to me would be during my time at the Swans, I think it was my second year, but it it sort of was brewing in that first year that I was there. I uh, was the whole Adam Goods controversy of the booing and and we all know what happened there and basically it must have been the second year that I was there that it really blew up and basically every game was getting booed and he went to the West Coast. The Swans went to the West Coast to play the Eagles um, over in Perth and every time I touched the ball, he just got booed and he basically got booed into retirement, which we know now know in, in retrospect. But at the time, um, I just remember like watching that game on television going, wow, we've got a home game next week and this is like unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this. And he stood down that next game and 
uh, that, that, that whole week leading into we were like at the club, we made a really conscious effort of like, we're going to celebrate this man, who he is, what he stands for and his career. And, and he's an absolute legend and deserves the recognition and, um, the behavior that was going on around the country towards him was just, you know, it's, it's still unacceptable when you think about it. Um, and <clears throat> I remember turning up to that game and we made it about him, but we didn't over to go over the top every, Match day has a countdown of some sort and we would normally do a 60 second countdown with highlights of from the year, um, with all the players and into that final 10 seconds. And we made a conscious effort to turn that whole countdown into a, a goodsy highlights countdown, finishing on him, um, doing his tribal dance and throwing the spear. And then just the words respect came up on the screen and the game started and like the whole crowd, the energy in the, in the venue was just unbelievable. It was over. There was over 35,000 people at the SCG and they were just all behind this court, behind getting behind him. And, um, and then I remember the first goal within, within the first minute, Lewis Jeddah, the other indigenous player at the time for the Swans, kicks, kicks this absolute bomb, drops a, um, drops a dance and, and the crowd just went nuts. And I was just like goosebumps even talking about it now. Like it was wow. just unbelievable. And then, it shows you when a crowd can come together and um, that some amazing things can happen. And there was a guy that was walking up and down Driver Avenue outside the SCG with a placard that said, um, stand and applaud Goodsey, um, third quarter, seventh minute, for his number 37. And at the third quarter, at the seventh minute in the third quarter, the whole crowd as one stands up and claps for a minute. And I was just, yeah, I'm even talking about it now, I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah, I'm getting, yeah, about definitely that. got them. It was, yeah. it was, it was an unbelievable experience. And like, and that was like, it's those sorts of days that our job is so easy when the crowd drives and that's what you're hoping for. But when the tr- crowd drives, you don't have to, you have to do anything to encourage that. They're all there. They're there for a purpose and they drive the match day and you're just trying to supplement what they're doing. And it was, yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, and then on the flip side, I mean, that was probably my most memorable and still, yeah, my number one, definitely AFL, but probably sporting moment that I've been involved with, but. The other one is last year we obviously had um, COVID and cricket. We do the Big Bash, um, mm. and the Sydney Sixers did not. Uh, the Sydney Sixers and Sydney Thunder didn't play a home game in Sydney the whole season, um, and so there was no games in Sydney. COVID was here, but we got to the finals, and the deal was if Sixers made the final, they were going to bring um, the grand final to Sydney. Um, they did make it, and again, it was a probably it was it was capacity at seventy five percent, I think it was at the time. And I've never seen a more engaged crowd at a big bash game that were focused on the cricket. They knew what had gone on throughout the season, and that crowd, just every moment that happened in the game, they were watching and they were reacting, and it was unbelievable. Because normally, big bash is a bit of a family feel. Everyone's there to have a really good time. You get up on the big screen, a few dance cams, do some other interactive stuff and you know people are paying attention to the cricket but they're also there to have a good time and I swear like anything that happened in the game they were cheering um I remember in an earlier game uh James Vince who played for the Sixers needed two runs I think it was um and the Sixers only needed one run to win he needed two runs to get his hundred and oh, I've forgotten who the bowler was but he deliberately bowled or sorry it slipped out of his hand it bowled this wide and I remember the crowd this is in Canberra and the crowd in Canberra was like started booing and Vince was a bit put off and he came on to bowl because they played them again in the final um against the Scorchers and he came on to bowl and the moment he touched the ball, this is an Australian bowler, the crowd is booing an Australian while wow. an English batter is is batting 
where if it's the Ashes like it is this year, it'll be the complete opposite. I've never experienced an Australian player getting booed. It was like a pantomime. He was the villain um, <laughs> for that moment, and it was unbelievable. But, yeah, that those two games are the ones that really stand out for probably two different reasons, but it shows that crowds can really drive a match day and make our job a lot easier. And, you know, our job is not about us. It's about making sure that we're pushing them in the right direction. And if you don't need to do that, then you can just supplement. That's even better because mm. that, that energy comes naturally and it doesn't feel forced by what we're trying to do. Huge two games. And so you've got the role of the producer, one. So you are pulling together so many game day and match day elements in terms of staffing and crew and scripting and executing that day, making sure that everyone knows what their roles are in a nutshell. And then you've also got the role as a show caller. And for those people that are listening, some people say to me, what's a show caller? (laughs) Can you please explain the huge role of the show caller? I think, like, yeah, the, the show caller, like the primary role there is that everything that we've organised in the lead up to the match day, um, that that person is sitting there with com- with a radio comms on to several different radio channels with different people from audio, vision, uh, LED, um, commercial elements, um, on-ground pyrotechnics, MCs, your floor managers, and you've got your run sheet or your cue sheet in front of you and you're making sure that we're keeping to time, that everything's happening when it's supposed to happen. Um, and there's a lot of talking and you know me, I like to talk. So, um, it's a perfect role for me. Um, sometimes I talk too much. People are very quick to tell me that my, I've left their radio on, um, <laughs> while I'm having a conversation with someone next to me about something completely unrelated. Um, <laughs> but yeah, being, but just basically making sure that that match is running, um, on schedule, on time and that all the elements that are involved from big screen to on ground to pyros, as I said before, like making sure they happen when they're supposed to happen and that you're hitting those key moments in conjunction with like, but it really, a good show caller needs a really good floor crew as well. So anything that's yes. happening outside of that production box, if you've got a really good floor manager, you've got great MCs that are just switched on and aware, it makes your job so much easier because you've got a lot going on. You need those eyes. You can't see everything that's going on on ground. You need those eyes. And fortunately we work with some awesome people and those people on ground really make a good show caller basically if you've got great people on ground makes your job easier and allows you to be better at your job yeah that's in a nutshell that's a real quick overview of what a show caller does yeah and eats party pies and sausage rolls that's the other job (laughs) probably cold 90 percent of the time yeah they're big days so (laughs) whatever whatever's coming through that door and so and yes you mentioned the sports press team the people on the ground who all have such important roles and there's some wonderful people who um work in this industry who are great at what they do how do you prepare for such large national events just in terms of like mentally preparing if you know you've got a really big a really big finals game coming up how do you mentally prepare just being super organized yeah i think i think you you sort of hit the nail there it's like it's about being organized in the lead up to that okay yeah we, we obviously did a lot of big bash um in the summer just passed and and I think we ended up doing something silly like 42 games across a two and a half, three month period, which for people that are listening, like in a normal footy season at a, for home games, you do 11 games. So we did, we did four footy seasons in the space of three months last year. Um, wild. and Big Bash is really like, and it's like probably the hardest of all the show calls because you are doing something every single ball. It's just music after a ball's bowl. Um, or you're doing dance camps at the end of each other, or you're doing interactive commercial 
commitments and it, something is happening every single ball, every single moment in the game, other than once the ball is bowled and hit, straight away something's happening. So it's music or vision or graphic elements. So that was a really long season. Um, and not going to lie, by the end of it, I was probably about 33 games in. I was like, I've had enough of cricket. I actually... I love cricket and I don't want to see another ball bowl. <laughs> and I still, I knew I still had 10 games, you know, possibly more depending on how we went in the finals. Unfortunately, the Sixers went all the way through and won it, but I was like, Calling. I really did hit a, yeah, I, I hit a brick wall. I was like, I, I, and I remember saying it on comms to everyone. I, I think something had happened and I just went, I, I couldn't think properly. And I, and fortunately my team around me like, this is where you're at. I'm like, yep, that's where I'm at. And then I said, I, I, I can't do cricket. I've, I've had, I've had too much, too much cricket. And everyone's just like, you've had too much cricket. You love cricket. I'm like, I just, I'm too, I've cricketed out. So yeah. then, then getting up for that big game or that big final where you know the crowd's going to be up for it. Um, I think that was the driving factor was like, you've got a huge game coming up. It's going to be fun. You've, you've done all the hard yards to get here. It's, it's been a slog, but it, it's been rewarding at the same time. And, Making sure that people, um, again, it's that team around you and, and, and that play planning and making sure that everyone's on the same page. So it's probably not as hard as you'd think when you look at that, especially a season like that, you look back and go, okay, we've done all this work. We've done the hard stuff to get here. Now this is the fun times and everyone at this game is going to be up for it. So just mentally saying, yep, this is what, this is what people want. They want to see a final. It's probably not as hard as it can be when you're halfway through a season going, I, I can't. I can't play another. I can't hear another uh, another crowd call. Yeah. Another Freddie Mercury asking the crowd to call back to him. I'm just like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you do definitely hit a brick wall at break. some stage. Yeah, and yeah, you definitely hit a break. But yeah, we didn't. Then we ended up having another six month break this year. So then you've got to try and hopefully you can get some sort of balance. And talking about that break that we just had, yeah, how did you guys navigate through that? Because we all. Paused. Uh, you know, there was there were so many of us that were just stuck here in New South Wales or in Victoria, yeah. who all of our events just went to a different state. How did you guys yeah. navigate through that with your staff and crew? I mean, we we're very fortunate um, this time around. I think the second time around was probably a bit easier. I mean, it was a bit more of a "here we go again" type moment, but we kind of knew that what was going to happen at the other end. Like we knew that coming out of this, we're going to get busy. So can we navigate those, those times? We, I mean, we were lucky in as much as we had clients that still let us plan their match days, even though they were playing in other states. So we still had a bit of work there that kept us going. Um, and that was very fortunate and we're thankful for that because now we've come back and we're, we're about to hit a big cricket season. And I mean, cricket's very fortunate in as much as they have not really, other than Sydney not having any games until the final last year, they haven't really been overly affected by, you know, having to shut down tournaments or playing in one state. They've been able to still play around the country and they seem to miss the worst of COVID so far yeah. that touch wood that we get this season away unscathed as well. But they got very like very lucky at the end of two thousand and nineteen, um, beginning of twenty twenty, when COVID was lingering, I remember doing the Sixers final for that year and um we were talking about this COVID thing and then the last event we did was cricket. And then we stopped for six months and then we came back and did a whole other season of cricket. We, we made up for all the lost time. That's for sure by doing those yeah. 40 odd games in, in the two and a half, three months. But then it stopped again halfway through this year. So 
yeah, it's just this this time around. It's just been reminding ourselves that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, when's it going to be? We're not 100 percent sure, but be ready for when it does come back. Because when it does come back, everything comes back, and it comes. And we found the first time that it comes back in a in a hurry, and you're like, "Whoa, we're on here." So I think that's yeah. It's just more of a mental thing then. Like, like oh, I'm a bit bored today. Like, there's only so many emails I can check, that, and nothing's come in. And how much pre-planning can I do for when we come back? And you can do, you, you definitely can. There's definitely things that's allowed me to to get you know structures in place and and review things and our and our procedures. But you can only do that for so long. <laughs> so yeah. mentally telling yourself, no, you 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 know it's going to come the other side. It's just when and, and it, be ready for it when it does. And it has. And, it's, and it has. It's <laughs> freaking wild at the moment. Everyone so, wants a quote and they want a quote now. Uh, they want it now. Yesterday. <laughs> yep. It's really demanding at the moment. Um, yeah, but it's a good thing. Like, means that great. You're, you're, you're on the top of their, their, uh, their radar. You're, yeah. you're on their radar and they, uh, and they want you to be involved with that, which is a great place to be, um, yeah. coming off the back of something so crap. But at the same time, they're like, I'm coming, I'm coming, I promise. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry for the delay, it's coming today. And so you've got a big bash that's coming up soon. What else have you got coming up off the back of that? What are some other exciting events? I'm just looking forward to getting a full winter season of sports away. I mean, last uh, 2020, there was nothing. Everything got moved to Queensland or um, different states. And it wasn't until the cricket came back that we actually did a lot of stuff um, at the back end of last year. Then we got halfway through a season of of stuff. So looking forward to being able to do a full season of AFL, a full season of NRL, a full season of netball. Um, Sea to Surf, that's been something that we love doing. It's a one-off event. We look after the start start and finish line for that. And several years now, we're two years in a row now, we've done all the planning and and been in those those final discussions about what we're doing and then it gets put on the back burner. So that's always a fun one because you've got 80, 80 odd thousand people out to have a fun run and it is fun and everyone is just there and everyone's there for a good time and it's one of the best. It's a long day. It starts at, I think it starts at two o'clock in the morning for us and we don't wow. finish until about six or seven o'clock that night with um, the start line in the city and Bondi is the finish line, but it's such a good, such a good day and everyone's there having a good time and it makes our life a lot easier when everyone's there and prepared to do whatever you sort of ask them to do. Um, so looking forward to that. Like that's yes. one, a, a major event that we love doing. I bet so many people are looking forward to that coming back as well. I think so. I've been doing virtual runs for the last two years and I've talked to them that apparently the uptake on that's been huge. So basically you go and run your, I think it's, I think it's 14 kilometers or 14 and a bit kilometers somewhere else other than the, the city of Bondi and found the uptake on that's been big because it's the, I think the first year that stopped, it was supposed to be the 50th year anniversary of running the city of surf. So it was, they were looking at a hundred thousand people. Wow. Um, so at 80,000, it's the biggest front run in the world. And this is, this was going to have a hundred thousand people. Well, I don't know if that's going to happen when we come back, but to, to, I think there's going to be a lot of interest because it's just a great day out. It's a really fun event to it. Everyone's there to have a good time and that makes your life a lot easier. That'll be exciting when that comes back. And any bucket list items that you would love to work on? Award shows, huge sporting events, what, what would you like to work on? I think from a sporting point of view, I'd love to yeah, – you watch those halftime shows in the NFL Super Bowl and you're like, wow, that that must be an absolute – 
mind blast trying to get your head around the logistics and the pre-planning of that and then calling that event. I mean, that would be, that would be a real bucket list to be involved in that. Even if just to watch it, watch the, the person who does that and probably has done it for 20, 30 years just to watch their processes. Like it'd be mind boggling, I think. Yes. <laughs> and a little daunting, but I would love to have a crack at that. That would be heaps of fun. Um, one that I would love to be able to, to be involved with. But never say never. And never say never. Never say never. You just don't know what's around the corner, I reckon, these days. It's true. So, yeah, but it's been so good to talk to you about all things career and just the exciting things that you get to work on and what's coming up. It's going to be a really wild ride, I reckon, until, I mean, it's already November. What are we going to be like (laughs) in January? (laughs) I remember when we didn't have anything to do. I know. Wasn't just, too bad, was it? Just texting, <laughs> just checking in on you. Hope you're doing all right. Thanks, mate. You too. Yeah, exactly. And now no. are we doing the same? Like, are you okay? It's like, no, I'm not all right. <laughs> We're so crazy. busy. I that's know. Good. I mean, that's where we want to be, isn't it? Like, uh, coming yeah. out of something like COVID, you wanna, you wanna be busy. You wanna be yeah. in demand, um, and which it's is good. a good thing. Yeah, and it's good to see that everyone is thriving and things are picking up, and that's positive. So absolutely. Wishing you all the best. I'm looking forward to working on Big Bash with you this year. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it It's going to be good. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Thanks Thanks so much, Downey. Talk Talk to you soon. Cheers.